All right, uh, welcome back to Failure TV. Um, today we're doing things a little bit differently. Normally we do the live stream followed uh, by the podcast, but uh, due, some, due to some uh, technical difficulties, uh, we're doing things uh, a little bit different and pre-recording uh, this episode. Uh, today on the show, um, he is an actor, a writer, a comedian. He has performed with the likes of James Caan and Kathy Bates, and he is best known for his role as Cyrus on the hit TV show, Trailer Park Boys. I would like to welcome today, Bernard Robichaud. How are you doing today, Bernie? I'm doing great. Thank you, man. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you for considering me. No problem at all. It's uh, great to have you. I was a huge fan of the Trailer Park Boys for many years, and uh, to have you on the show, honestly, is a little bit of a fanboy thing <laughs> for me as well. So uh, super glad that uh, you agreed to it. Uh, why don't you give people a little bit uh, more background on uh, what you've done and uh, what you're doing now and what you're currently working on? Uh, best just to go to IMDb. <laughs> it's a long, uh, you know, it's 30, 35 years. So it's, it's a long, uh, it's been a long journey. Um, right now, um, a friend of mine, Mike Masucci, who did uh, American Sunset, you know, with Corey Haim. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they changed the name in the U.S. Um, to another movie name. Can't think of it right offhand, but it was American Sunset shot in it. It was shot in the Maritimes. Um, and Michael is doing a TV series um, set in Virginia based on a true story of a um, house band that made it big. It's called Visions of Rock. Uh, so waiting on funding from Michael to get that rolling. Uh, Another indie film, uh, written, be written and directed by Nick Belial, who was. Uh, uh, it's called To Avenge. It's going to be shot in Maryland uh, in the spring. So that much I know. Other than that, um, not doing too much. I was just contacted today, though, to uh, uh, with some interest for doing some more uh, stand-up. Uh, starting in Kentucky, some. Um, and uh, it looks like there's a tour in the works right now. So I'm just talking to a couple of uh, other comics that I know. And um, and I've uh, got, a, got a call into the Trailer Park Boys themselves to see if they want to, if they'd uh, be interested in running it with me. So um, we'll see. Um, lots, on, lots on the horizon, you know, management working, you know. Yes. It, it all takes time, so uh, I don't get too excited about uh, anything until it's actually uh, the contracts uh, and the ink is dry. So um, I've yeah. learned my lesson over the years not to talk too much about anything because uh, it kind of makes you look a little stupid at the end of it all <laughs> if it doesn't go through. So, um, wow. and, and that, that's just part of the part of the industry. Sometimes you know it's that yeah. uh, gets you gets you excited and then. And then there's a letdown. So, absolutely. Um, get rather than, rather than have those letdowns, I I tend to just kind of uh, keep it under my hat and and uh, just wait for it to happen. Yeah, kind of plan for the worst, hope for the best, kind of thing. Eh? I've, I've been lucky so far, you know. Uh, I think so. It's it's all good. Yeah. Uh, I've uh, I've done a little bit of work in uh, TV and film up here. Unfortunately, I got my uh, foot stuck in the wrong door and ended up as an IT manager. But uh, I, I know what it's like uh, to see like 
hundreds of different pitch sheets and hear all, all the producers talking about the things that they're working on and would love to do that never actually make it anywhere. It's just like, oh, to, to, to yeah. have that rejection, but it's yeah. part of it. Well, there's lots of great ideas that don't get done and there's lots of ideas that get done and you wonder how it got done before the other thing that was really great <laughs> idea was a better idea how that got done. So I never, I never really understood how the industry worked, but uh, the ones that are getting it done, uh, probably better minds than mine. So, uh, I'll just, uh, let them do their thing. And, and, uh, I'm good with that. Uh, I'm better off in front of the camera and not behind it. So uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say with that. <laughs> totally understandable. And while I would like to probe a little bit more on, uh, on um, <clears throat> a little bit of that. Um, I do want to talk quickly uh, about something that is uh, a little more personal to you as well. And that is that uh, you are a survivor of prostate cancer. And uh, I don't think this is a topic that gets discussed enough. And uh, a lot of people are kind of, you know, especially men are afraid to even go talk to their doctor about such things. So um, kind of wanted to talk with you a little bit about that and, and your experience and kind of what made you go and get checked and, you know, what you learned from the experience and what you would suggest for others. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of guys, there's certainly a lot of guys that don't want to talk about it or are afraid to go get checked. I think, you know, there's this kind of, uh, maybe there's this thing in the back of their head that, you know, asking their doctor to check the prostate and, and, they're, and they're wondering why their doctor's hands are still on the table. So I think there's, you know, there's that possibility of why they don't. Um, and, uh, but that's not how they check for the prostate. You can only check half of the prostate that way anyway. So it's kind of, you might as well just go in for the blood test and, um, and, and, you know, and then, you know, from the blood test, you know, you'd go for your, um, for a biopsy if the, if the process, if the PSA levels came back too high. So it's not really a, the finger thing is kind of like an old method in a sense. Yeah. You can test, see part of it. It feels normal, I guess, but ultimately it's not really going to tell you anything. Exactly. Yeah. A, a lot of misconceptions around that. A lot of misconceptions there. No question about that. Um, you know, for me, I was uh, lucky. I'm, I'm married to a beautiful woman who uh, uh, is, a, is a registered nurse. And um, I, because I get paid for my physicality in front of a camera, I, I work out all the time. And I never had any symptoms. I was just, um, by fluke, she, I was thinking about getting testosterone patch or uh, oral from my doctor to uh, help me because I, after 40, you just stop producing as much. It decreases every year. So for me, it just seemed like the natural thing to do would be to increase the testosterone some way um, and for better sleep, better workouts, that sort of thing, better recovery. Um, the, her suggestion was to get to go to a naturopath and take DHEA, which produce, which supplements your own testosterone and you know therefore you're not really taking something that's you don't know how much of it is going into your system or what's going through the liver this stuff enhances your own testosterone production so that made more sense to me i went to a naturopath of her suggestion um, i was on the dhea for a couple of weeks or more when they called me up and said you know uh you've got a 
you know, you've got a, we've, we've canceled your prescription. We, you need to see a urologist. Your PSA levels were 7.5. And I said, oh, that's too bad. Like, what's a PSA level? What's, what's that mean? Yeah. I, I had no idea. I mean, I never looked at, like, looked at the thing that the sheets I was given when I protocol was to get certain blood tests done. Okay. And the sheet, stick the needle, go for it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, blood looks good. You know, I'm not feeling anything. So why would I think there was any issue? Just normal routine, you know? So that's, that's how it happened. Um, you know, even when I talked to my urologist, uh, you know, I, I, I made a phone call because I, I play golf with the guy. So, I mean, it, you know, to me it was – um, you know, he said, I'm on the golf course, call me Monday. It doesn't sound, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. So I thought, oh, no big deal. It's probably nothing, you know. And then, you know, it was a couple of months by the time I had gone in for extra tests and all this other stuff that he signed me up for. And then, you know, called me into his office one day. And of course, then, you know, when he's not booking a tea time because he didn't send me a text message, I just, you know, kind of knew that there was something probably not right. Um, But, you know, again, glad to have my wife with me because I never heard a word he said. Because once the word comes out that you have cancer, (laughs) everything else is kind of like minimalized so drastically and so quickly. Like almost just like the movies, just kind of blur, everything blurs out. uh, I never heard a word. I, I honestly never heard a word he said. Um, so it was glad I was happy and lucky to have her there with me to kind of um, be there for throughout the entire thing. You know, um, she wasn't my wife at the time. So, uh, you know, um, grateful that she stuck by me, too. You know, so I was you know lucky to find somebody like that. Absolutely. Well, well, what would you uh, suggest or, or recommend to anybody that uh, is even well, not, not even considering it, who, who hasn't thought about it, who is over the age of 30 or 30 or over. Well, one in seven guys are going to get it. And one in 29 guys are going to die from it. So, and if you're, you know, uh, sad to say, but if you're stupid enough not to get tested, you know, once a year, then you take a chance of being that one in 29 guy. Yeah. Um, I think that if I hadn't have gone through and gone test for that PSA level, I would have been one of that 29 guy. So, you know, uh, you can live your life like that. And, you know, there's people out there surviving with it. Um, I prefer not to take the chance that it spreads and, you know, I live a shorter life than what I had. So um, my thing was to have it uh, removed. Um, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I guess you could change your diet if you found out you had it. I guess you could, you know, um, combination of, you know, chemo and other things, uh, different types of options that you have out there. I think once you go radiation, though, you burnt everything there, so you can't really go back and, you know, I mean, yeah. kind of limits your choices, go that way. I prefer to do the operation and if something showed up later, then I can do chemo. I still have an option. So it's, um, you know, it, you can go on to uh, prostate can, uh, cancer, prostate cancer Canada's website. And, um, 
there's all kinds of information there, you know, on um, methods and what to look for and all that kind of stuff. So they've been very supportive with me and, uh, you know, I was a brand ambassador for them and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for them to uh, have been able to share my story so that I can uh, share it with others. But uh, I think the, you know, the biggest thing is simply it takes, it doesn't take that. It takes like minutes to go in there and have the blood withdrawn. You know, you, you're done, uh, you know, to not take that 15, 20 minutes out of your once a year. I don't know. Seems, seems a little crazy to me, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You can take the hockey game in three 20 minute periods, <laughs> duck out, go get tested and come back and still see most of the game. So <laughs> absolutely. There, there's really no excuse. And there really, there really isn't. Yeah. So yeah. honestly, the, the older I get, the, the, the more I am concerned about my health and, you know, uh, having my own health issues since uh, a younger age, I've been seeing a urologist myself since I was 21. So you know, or 25, sorry. And uh, he's been checking my prostate since then. Cause he was uh, initially thinking that it could be a, a problem with that as well, but uh, turns out that's all good. But uh, it, it really makes you second guess things and, and question things that you never really thought about before. And like you said, yeah. it's a quick thing. Just do it. Like That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, well I, I appreciate you uh, sharing that story again. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Hopefully we didn't go off on too much of a tangent there. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, that was, uh, that was awesome. Um, but now getting, uh, getting back to, um, the, the business, uh, as we like to call it, um, we were talking uh, previously about how things, uh, you know, you could pitch 200 things and out of it, you end up with, you know, two shows. Um, and having worked in the industry for so long, you know, I'm sure you have been rejected um, more times than you can even count now. And many people would consider that a personal failure. Like, I didn't get this part. I didn't, you know, get the show. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. that that's a failure. How? How do you take it when, when, you're, when you're in that situation, you know, um, from when you first started to where you are now, you know, how, how did you grow and how did you learn to deal with that rejection on a professional level? Yeah, the rejection is hard. I think that's hard. doesn't matter what business you're in. Um, you're being rejected. It's not really rejection in my mind, though. Uh, um, you know, I guess when I initially started, yeah, that's probably where my mind was. Um, but to be honest, you know, there's a, you know, a casting call goes out for a project. You know, agents will send off, uh, you know, who knows how many actors or actresses to for the casting call. And, uh, you know, the casting director chooses who they want to see based on the information they get from the director or the producers of what, what's being done. So the mere fact that you get chosen to get in that door is, uh, is a pretty big deal because they chose you over a bunch of other people. Now, what happens between the time you walk through the door and the time you do your audition and who they decided to go with, that's kind of out of your hands. All you can do is go in there and, do the best you can. A lot of times they may or may not have uh, the idea of mind of who they're looking for. And it could be something silly that they decided, oh, 
that's the guy we want or that's the gal we want. But I don't really think that anybody starting out in the business or, or should take the attitude that I got rejected again and it's done. There's, you know, everybody wants to be in front of a, seems like they want to be a movie star or a film star or a TV star today. Um, it's not as easy as that, unfortunately. I wish it were. Um, and you have to be a little bit lucky, you know. Um, but to think that um, if you get an audition and you don't get it, that that's a failure. And I've got to, you know, um, maybe I better study my lines more. Or maybe I've got to look at um, my audition tape that I just did and see what I could have done better and continually second guess yourself about what you did in front of that camera while you did that audition. You know, that's just one of those guesses, I think, that you just, you know, it's just, it's impossible to determine. Yeah. Um, I think you're better off just to say thank you and move along and thank you know, your lucky stars that you were able to get in the door because they must have seen something in order for you to even get in the door. Uh, even if it is just your resume and picture, if you're still getting hired and people are still looking at you, you know, look, look at it as you've got to be a movie star and hit that stardom button like in, you know, the, that same year. It's, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, and, you know, and kudos to you if it does. I mean, hey, bonus. Um, uh, it just go viral, right? Uh, yeah, I, that, they do. It, you know, stuff happens. You know that that uh, that makes people a star overnight. But you know, for it doesn't happen to everybody. And I think that you can't go into this business thinking that that's going to happen. Absolutely. I think you have to go into that business with uh, like any other business. You you do it because you love it. And um, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, and I think if you start thinking that you're doing it because of money or fame or any of those things, that's probably the wrong attitude to go into this business with. Um, that's my uh, humble opinion. I mean, you know, maybe it'll work for you if you go into it like that. I don't know, but I've never thought that way. And uh, I think staying humble in this business and, um, and just being grateful for whatever work you get. If you love the work, then, then uh, you, you've done something. You've brought a smile to somebody's face. Uh, you've given them a reprieve from their busy or hectic day or whatever life they're coming from. If they've gone to see you or watch you on TV or gone to the theater to see you. I think that should be uh, reward enough and uh, should be grateful that you've been given that opportunity. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, the, the fact that you said it, uh, it doesn't really matter what business you're in like that. I think that's one of the keys that uh, a lot of people really need to realize. Uh, I work with a lot of small businesses and they kind of are in the same mentality that uh, everything's going to happen right away. And if it doesn't happen right away, that they're a failure. And it's like, well, no, like you, just look at all the businesses out there. Like, like nobody 
started a business and said, this is the easiest thing I've ever done. Like it, it takes work. Yeah. And if you want to be a master, uh, anything, actor, business owner, artist, you, you have to keep practicing and, and keep going towards it. And yeah. like you said, yeah. you, you have to love what you're doing because if you're yeah. going for the money, again, it doesn't matter what business you're in. If that's your focus, chances are you're not going to succeed. And yeah. I really yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Have you ever gone to an audition or uh, tried out for anything and you thought you just totally bombed it and then ended up getting a call back or getting the part and just totally kind of flipped it on you? Like a number of times. I can't remember what those were, but uh, there have been a number of times where I just walked into an audition and just said, the hell with it. I don't care anymore. Had that kind of weird attitude and, and nailed it somehow. Um, yeah, a couple of times it's happened to me. Uh, other times I've gone in and thought it was perfect for the role and nailed it and, and never got it at all. So, you know, it's, yeah, like I said, you just never know. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done, I've, I've been approached and, and taken on a, a project that I worked on it for a year. Um, studying it and studying the character I thought I was going to play. And, uh, and, um, uh, you know, a year later, uh, got a phone call and said, uh, we decided after everything, we're going to go with somebody else, you know, it was, it was devastating, you know, because they asked you to be this character and then they turn around because of, um, uh, you know the political structure of uh, the hierarchy of the how the film is being put together, producers or whatever the case might be, and that, and that's just kind of one of those things that happens too, you know, and you have to be aware of it. it it's a sad thing, but it does happen, and it and it happened to me, and uh, um, it's one of the reasons why I like to see where the ink is dry now, and. Uh, not that I don't give my all whenever I'm doing a project or, or, or um, but it's the disappointment of um, thinking that you're that guy or that girl and leaving it in their hands because you have to. And then, you know, being told by the same people that you're not getting it now after you've spent that kind of time is, is quite, is hard. Um, so, you know, to put your whole heart and soul into, into it until the agent calls you and says you've got the role and the, and the contract is signed is, is difficult. I'm not saying they can't, you know, read up on the character and you can't put some time in. But uh, if they want you for the role bad enough, I think there's a lot of times where they'll, they'll give you some time um, once you find that out. They'll give you the time to uh, to make the changes and to to create that character to the best of your ability for not just for yourself but for for their production. So, absolutely. Now, when when you do encounter something like that and you run into those disappointments, is there anything that you do specifically? Like, do you have a specific uh, a special routine or something that you like to do, like um, to to help you overcome and remember that you know this is. You know, this is just one part and, you know, the next one will come along and we'll get to that one. Like, what, what do you do to help you get to that next stage? Oh, you just go out and get drunk. <laughs> 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 I 
I don't know that there's anything crazy that you know that makes that kind of go away. It's just like any kind of. Um, I think that's kind of like uh, you know any good relationship <laughs> that kind of ends sour. You've got to go through your grieving process and whatever that is. <laughs> so I'm not really sure that I have a you know an answer for anybody to uh, to tackle that one with. It's not like going to get your blood test for a PSA level. <laughs> you know, I tell them that, you know, if that was the case, I'd probably rather um, have the doctor have the finger. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have been a whole lot easier on my head. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. Dealt with that one a little easier. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't have a, a cure for that one, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think anybody, anybody has, has a cure other than uh, time. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's Was it uh, Timberlake that had the song, tried to, uh, something about drinking you away? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. always worked the way we wanted to when we try that. Yeah, I don't know how the, I don't know how the camera's looking here, man, but. Yeah, that's the best. Oh, I not can, too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's I can do. It's getting a little dark in here, so. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, these winter hours, uh, I'm not too happy with the sun setting a lot, uh, a lot earlier than it used to. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's uh, California here, and it's still five after seven, so I'm getting yeah. that time, of, that time of year again. Uh, I, I prefer when it's late to like ten o'clock. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I want to go back to something that uh, you said earlier when we were talking about uh, some roles and stuff, and you had said that when you when you get a rejection or you don't get a part, you don't consider that uh, to be a failure. Um, and failure in everybody's eyes is, is going to be different. Um, what do you consider in your eyes to be a failure? Hmm. I'm sure there's things that I would consider failure, but I don't know what they are. You know, I've, I kind of always set my mind to something. I just did it. I didn't listen to what people said. I didn't, you know, take the nose to heart and no, you can't because if that was the case, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing and I would never have been played the role of Cyrus. Uh, you know, uh, none of those things would have ever come true. So, uh, I'm sure I have my moments and if I ask my wife, you know, what do I do when I think that I'm a failure, she would come up with a, a, a list of things that I'm sure I do on a regular basis. But I'm not going to ask her that right now because we're in the, <laughs> we're in the middle of an interview and uh, I'd rather she didn't take control of it right now. So. <laughs> totally um, understandable. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think... Uh, the bottom line is that um, you just can't think that way. You just, especially in this business, you know, because you're going to get all those no's. And if you keep listening to that, then you'll never get anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's film or television either. I think it just, you're going to get that no matter where you're going, whatever you decide that you're going to do for whether it's a living or whether it's to date the girl next door 
and you keep getting a no from her. It's maybe sooner or later she'll just say yes because she's tired of hearing you ask her. But, you know, so I think that you just can't listen to the no's and have them take control of your future. And uh, so I, I think that's how I got out of my neighborhood. You know, uh, you know, uh, that's, um, I was determined not to live that, you know, kind of life or that lifestyle. And, and, uh, so I, I, you know, I stayed in competitive sports that, and that really took me out of the neighborhood. So I think that's, I, I think that's what I would tell people, uh, I, you know, not, not to dwell on that at all. Yeah. And that's, that's a very common theme uh, among pretty much all the guests that I've talked to is when, when I ask that question about failure, they, they really don't keep failure as, uh, as part of their vocabulary in, in the um, textbook yeah. definition of it because they, they all say the same kind of thing. You just, it's not a failure. It's a, it's a learning experience, it, it, you know, and that was something that took me a while myself to, 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 to learn and overcome because I used to run into that same issue, which is part of the reason that I started this podcast to begin with. Uh, right. People try and try and overcome that, but I've learned so much from so many different people on different ways to, to deal with things and look at things. And another question that I like to ask is what is your idea of success? Because Success is different to, to a lot of people. Um, as you had said before, you know, a lot of people shoot uh, money is their success. Like if I'm making a bunch of money, that, that makes me successful. But, you know, yeah. for everybody that's different. What is that for you? Uh, success for me is just that I'm, I'm able to do what I'm doing. It was never about the money. Um, great that I'm making, that I make it. Uh, but I don't make it all working in film and television, at least not right now. Lots of, lots of, uh, lots of, uh, vacant time in between the gigs, you know, uh, sometimes. So, you know, try to keep myself busy. I think the most successful part, uh, for me is, uh, getting emails from fans that, uh, uh, tell me that I've helped, uh, you know, my character was instrumental in getting them through some tough times, uh, bringing a smile to their face, you know, that sort of thing, man, is, um, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty humbling. It's pretty humbling for a guy that came from nowhere who, you know, found himself lucky enough to be an obscure character on a TV show that went from the East coast of Canada to becoming global. Yeah. Um, and he's still kind of an obscure character, although he's that one antagonist, I guess that everybody kind of gravitates to. And, you know, um, I don't really know what I did with that character. I, I know where it came from. Uh, I know how I developed them or what I was thinking of when I was, when I was in front of that camera, but why it was so successful, why people like to hate him more than other antagonists they tried. I, I don't know. That was 
I guess just the universe saying it was my time. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, who knows? I mean, if we go back to the first earlier question about, you know, the auditions, you know, you don't know either. So Absolutely. Uh, I think that's more the success and the, you know, where the gratitude comes from, you know, it's all that wrapped into kind of one that's success for me. That's, that's good enough that, that, and, you know, I guess aside from six, uh, you know, business, uh, you know, it's just being a, you know, good husband, good, good dad, good stepfather, or at least try to be without, you know, being a dick. <laughs> absolutely i i it, it took me a number of years to realize that uh um money does not make you ha like that money really doesn't make you happy like people are always like well if i had money i'd be happier no you you'd you pay your bills easier but that doesn't necessarily mean mean you'd be happier and yeah. you know, no, able to put smiles on people's faces and and do what you love by far is yeah, I don't know that money is the the answer. Like, yeah, my dad always used to say when he was around, he used to say that money, money doesn't uh, denote an asshole. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they come in all shapes and sizes and colors, and I and I used to laugh when he used to say that, but he he's kind of right. He really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a very, very good point, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and honestly, going back to the success of Trailer Park Boys and the character, I, I think one of the reasons that uh, it did succeed um, is that one, the characters are so honest and open, and just it—it's it, something that people can relate to. Um, like a lot of times on TV, we see very you know, friends like type of thing. Like it's, it's very fake. Like we know that it's not reality, but something like trailer park boys is a lot more closer to how most of us live. Like I grew up in a trailer park. I live in a trailer park now. Um, you know, um, Cyrus, I actually had a bully that was very similar to him growing up. So, you know, that, uh, that made a connection with me personally, but just like that the whole show just spoke to me as you know what, this, this is real life. Like this is more of a, a real life situation for me. I think yeah. that's what has helped it uh, go global from, from that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's cross gener. It's been cross generational. That's for sure. And, and I think that, yeah, you're right. There's a, doesn't matter if you live in a trailer park or not though. I think uh, people can identify with one or more of the characters, whether they went to school with them or whether they lived with them or whatever the case might've been. So that's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess it was the, you know, it's really the first, I think the first, it was the, the beginning of, uh, the beginning of the reality, reality TV, wasn't it? I mean. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That, that was, uh, yeah, it, it all started coming around, uh, uh, up around that time. Yeah. 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 And now that's pretty much all we get. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well, actually, now we got the old Netflix thing. So it's yeah. uh, <laughs> kind of the genius of Clattenburg to be able to foresee that though, in a sense, you know, to uh, come up with trailer park boys. It seemed like after trailer park, uh, there are a lot of, 
a lot of productions that came along trying to emulate it and uh, um, none of them that lasted is, that's lasted as long as this one that's for sure so it's uh, yeah. yeah kudos to kudos to mike yeah absolutely well kudos to everybody that that worked on the show too and like it was a great team man made it made it what it was exactly it was a great team yeah yeah um you, you mentioned your father there um quickly um now w- when you define your successes and you know kind of how you look at success and, and failure and stuff um do you attribute that uh, at all to how you were raised growing up uh, with your parents or is it, it, it more stuff that you developed uh, as as you grew in your own no, my dad was one of those guys that told me I'd never do it. <laughs> so that just used to piss me off. Uh, so he was the first one that pissed me off by telling me I couldn't do it. I just decided that I wasn't going to listen to my father as much as I could. Um, um, so no, um, I guess I got my, I probably the only, the things I got from my dad were our style, sense of humor and, um, and my athletic ability. Those would be the three things I attribute to my dad. Um, and thank God for those things from him. That helped me get out of the neighborhood. Um, yeah, so, but and no. You, you couldn't I do it. Exactly. To, I, don't attribute that, uh, I don't attribute my childhood to getting me. Uh, that just really was, uh, my, the way I grew up was just a stepping stone for why I didn't want to be in that neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't an easy, uh, wasn't an easy one. So I know we all don't have them. So, uh, you know, some are easier than others. Um, uh, so that's, but that's just, that's the way mine went down. So, um, but at the same time, I guess, uh, you know, that I, I grew up faster. So, you know, maybe it allowed me the experience and, uh, the way to look at life a little differently um, than uh, to be able to analyze it and be more analytical when things, when shit went down in my house. Um, spent a lot of time in my mother's mirror in her bedroom, uh, you know, uh, telling my parents to uh, off when they weren't around. <laughs> I think all, the things that I, all the things I would have liked to have done if I could if I was big enough uh, to do that so uh, yeah yeah, the, yeah those things those things weren't happening when I was <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, anyway. you, you still ended up in, in, a, in a great spot so that's uh, yeah that's, that's, right. Look at you that's right yeah, yeah that's right that's right absolutely and uh, I, I like that you had said that uh, um, your dad was the first person to tell you, no, you couldn't do it and you couldn't make it. Cause yeah. I was the same reason uh, way when I was a kid, when somebody told me I couldn't do it, like that just made me want to do it more and, yeah. and, and keep trying and keep trying. And yeah. no matter how many times I didn't, like I, I get a little bit closer each time and that that's what kept me going for when I was done and I did it. And then I could be like, I think it's always great when you have the opportunity to prove somebody wrong and, that was the one thing I was trying to do. I think trying to prove my dad wrong at the same time I was always looking for his approval. <laughs> it was kind of a catch twenty two thing, you know. Um, I guess that was probably the driving force. Prove him wrong, finally get his approval. Absolutely. Totally proud of me once. I, I tried the same. 
unfortunately I was more into computers and technology and he was more into like cars and do it yourself stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about an engine. And of course yeah. now I really regret not spending that time learning with him uh, about those things. Cause now I got to take my car to a mechanic and I don't understand yeah. what they're talking about. So yeah, well, I boosted myself up there too. They've kind of done that to everybody. You know, there was a day when you could, you know, do it all on your own or at least a good portion of it. Now they've, yeah. they've taken that away from the, the, the consumer. As much as possible. It's all, it's all about the money these days. Yeah. For a lot of companies. It is, it is for the car manufacturer anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great place to wrap, but before we do, um, one, one more question for anybody that is looking uh, to get into the industry right now um, that uh, might be getting some of those rejections. What, what is the best advice that you can give them right now? You know, yeah, fall down, just get back up, wipe the blood from your nose and carry on. It's not really much more you can I can say other than that. You know, you got to dust yourself off. You you can't you can't uh, never say die. You know, drive it or park it. My dad used to say. <laughs> yes, my my dad used to use the shit or get off the pot. <laughs> I, I, I like to drive it or park it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it works too. Yeah. Uh. Well, yeah. now that I'm more of a car guy, I think I'll, I'll switch to the <laughs> yeah, yeah. park it kind of deal. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, thank you very much uh, again for being on the show. Uh, it was great to talk to you. Um, uh, again, uh, being such a fan of, of the show, uh, especially of your character uh, during the, the first two seasons there, was uh, great, great to have you on. Um, for those of you listening at home, um, definitely, if you have not seen Trailer Park Boys, I highly recommend it. And uh, check out uh, Bernard's website and uh, get some more information and check out his IMDb for, for more stuff. We'll see you again next month.